0: When my son Noah was five months old, we went for a routine checkup. Noah was playing and happy as we waited to see our pediatrician. The doctor walked in, took one look at Noah, scooped him up, listened to his chest. He then turned to me and said, this is one sick little boy. I'm admitting him to the hospital immediately. Do you want to drive him or should I call for an ambulance? I promise you in that moment I was flabbergasted and didn't really know what to do. There was no indication in his sleeping or eating habits or in his behavior to prepare me for this astonishing news. At this point, his doctor and I had learned to trust one another, and so I didn't even question that the hospital was where we were going. Noah had RSV, a common and very contagious virus that infects the respiratory tract. For most babies, it's not that serious, but it hit Noah hard, and his respiratory system was struggling. Before we left for our doctor's visit that morning, I had packed his diaper bag with supplies for the visit, a trip to the park on the way home, and maybe a quick stop at the grocery store. I certainly didn't pack for him, or me for that matter, anything to go to the hospital for any length of time. I called my husband to tell him the news and then told him I would need him to bring us some things that we would need for our stay in the hospital. That conversation of me trying to tell my husband where to find all the things Noah and I needed was quite something. It sounded something like this. Okay, go in Noah's room and in the third drawer you'll find this. Now, go to the changing table and on the right-hand side, second shelf, grab such and such. Next, go in our bathroom and open the cabinet under my sink and you'll find this thing I need. It took much longer than if I had been given a little bit of notice and was able to gather the necessary items needed for our time in the hospital. And it was taxing for me and my poor husband who was running all over the house. Noah received excellent care and recovered, but we discovered that he had some respiratory issues and that something like this trip to the hospital could happen at any time. So when we got home, I decided I was going to be prepared for any circumstance we might find ourselves in in the future. Do you remember that game show, Let's Make a Deal, where the host would say, I have a hundred dollar bill for anybody who could pull some unusual object out of their purse, dental floss, a recipe, tweezers? I guarantee you I would have won that game hands down after our impromptu time at the hospital. My mom van, purse, and diaper bag contained anything needed for any situation, Ask my kids. They'd ask for random things, and I would pull it out or tell them where to find it. They got so used to having anything you could possibly need or want when we were on the move, I think sometimes they'd even ask for things just to see if I had it, and I usually did. When we find ourselves in a situation that we aren't prepared for, like the one I was in with Noah, We can feel anxious and a sense of panic. The not knowing and the lack of preparation add to that feeling of anxiety, and it's just awful. Jesus told parables or stories as a way to teach us. So one way to summarize the lesson in the parable of the ten virgins is be prepared. The parable begins with ten virgins, bridesmaids, whose job it was to wait to meet the bridegroom on the evening of the wedding. Wedding. The bride and her attendants would be waiting for the groom and his entourage to come and take them to the place of the wedding where there would be a party with dancing and music and food and a great celebration. These 10 ladies were given the responsibility to keep watch and be on the lookout for when the groom came so they could greet him and go to the celebration. The problem was They didn't know the exact time the groom and his guys were going to come and get them. So they had to be sure to be ready at any time. It was important to have lamps and enough oil to light their way if the groom, like the one in the parable, came after dark so they could see when the groom was approaching and then have light to find their way. By telling this story, Jesus is offering some sound instruction for us as we wait for either his second coming or when we get to go to be with him, whichever comes first. Just like there was no way to tell when the groom would come, we don't know when we'll see Jesus face to face, so we need to be sure we're spending our time, in the meanwhile, preparing to be with Jesus forever. In the story, there were five wise bridesmaids and five foolish ones. The wise ones not only brought their lamps, they brought enough oil with them to last the duration of the long night waiting. The five foolish ones had lamps, but they didn't plan ahead for what might happen if the groom took a long time coming. They begged the wise ones to share, but they refused because then they wouldn't be left with enough for themselves. The result was the wise bridesmaids were able to go to the celebration at the banquet when the groom came and the foolish ones were left in despair, wishing they had made different choices. They found a closed door and pleaded to be led into the banquet, but instead of entry, they were denied and told they weren't even known by the bridegroom. Jesus ends this story with the direction saying, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. We don't know when Christ will come again, but we do know he is returning. And while we're waiting for his return, we have some work to do in order to be ready. In a few weeks, we begin the season of Advent, a season of preparation and expectation for the coming of God incarnate. What a perfect time to practice and establish routines for preparing for the final coming of Christ in power and glory. Habits that we can continue even after Advent is over. The preparation isn't meant to give us something to do to keep busy while we're waiting. It's to help us deepen our relationship with him so we're prepared and ready to receive the wonderful gift that eternal life offers in the kingdom to come. So what are some of the ways that we can prepare while we're waiting faithfully for the return of Christ? The first way is to carve out some time with Jesus every day. It doesn't matter if it's early in the morning, midday, or the evening. The time on the clock doesn't matter. The time spent with Jesus is what's important. There are many ways to spend intentional time with our Creator. Start with some time in prayer with Him. Of course, you can pray with Him any time of the day, but set some quiet, uninterrupted time and have a conversation with Him. Tell him what's on your mind and invite him to be a part of your day and give you guidance. You can pray words that come from your heart, or if you're having difficulty with the words that express how you're feeling, you can find prayers in the Book of Common Prayer on page 814 under the title Prayers and Thanksgiving. There are subtitles that offer prayers for every kind of situation. These prayers help me focus and gather my thoughts better, And then I find it easier to continue the conversation with God. I also like reading the Psalms as prayers. It's been a way for me to remember the promises God has made and to offer him the praise and thanks for all that he is and all that he's done for me. There's no right or wrong way to pray. You're spending time talking to God. You're giving your time and undivided attention to him as a significant part of your day, and that pleases him so much. The second way I would offer that you can be prepared is by studying God's Word. There are Bible plans for you to use if you're not sure where to start. I love the website Bible Gateway. It offers different versions of the Bible as well as notes and commentaries. The Bible Project is another great resource that has Bible plans and videos to accompany the studies. Our librarian, Regina Seguin, has been intentionally working to fill our church library with great resources, and she would love to help you find what you're looking for. Her contact information is in our messenger newsletter. You can also use devotions or simply choose to read some part of the Bible every day. The Bible is God's words, instructions, love letter, and help for us. Father Tom is now offering his teaching on the Old Testament every Sunday night at 5 o'clock in the North Ex. If you're not ready to come to church, the videos are posted Sunday nights, and the handouts are available on Facebook and in the weekly emails sent with the bulletins and announcements. You can interact with the Bible study on the Diving Deeper groups page on Facebook. It's so beneficial when we're spending time together in a community with God. In fact, that's the third way to prepare. We need to be actively participating in a faith community. Coming to church and participating in worship together, kneeling at the altar to share in the sacraments is a special and unique way we can experience him with the people in our church family. Jesus gave us a model of being part of a community when he gathered his disciples. He didn't need them to accomplish what he had to do, but he enjoyed and loved spending time with his friends, his disciples. And he knew when he left, We would need each other the same way. That's why we're live streaming the service at 9.30 and 4 o'clock. We offer drive-through communion or mailing communion to you if you aren't able to be here in person. We want you to know and feel that you are with us and part of the family right where you are. The last way you can prepare for Jesus coming again is to be a witness for Christ. That means that your thoughts, words, and deeds are proof to others that your relationship with God makes a difference in your life and you're so much better for it. We won't do it perfectly, but when we mess up, we can ask for forgiveness and help to try again every week when we offer the confession. And he'll give us more chances to share with others the good news of Jesus. Last week, we celebrated All Saints' Day. Father Tom reminded us that we are All Saints, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. We're saints because of God's love, a love so lavish we've been set apart by and for God. That doesn't mean we keep an arm's length away from those who don't know God, especially the people we disagree with or have different beliefs and ideas as us. Just the opposite. We should go out of our way to spend time with those who don't have the benefit of knowing who God is and what having him in your life can mean. We do it as graciously and kindly as possible. We don't have to give sermons or lectures. Instead, we should allow the way we speak and act and respond to each other be the best testimony for getting to know God better and inviting him to be a part of your life. This helps us to remember and understand the difference God has had on our lives as well as helping others too so they can be prepared for when Jesus comes again. I want everyone I know to have the same love and benefits of knowing God as I do. Don't you? I really believe God has provided a perfect opportunity for us to be a witness and share the good news this year. I know it's been a year of obstacles, but we shouldn't be surprised. God told us that we would, the world would be filled with trials. Let's be honest. There will always be tough things that happen to us that we wish didn't. The world and the people who live in it will never be perfect. Maybe part of the purpose of the trials is to offer us an opportunity to sharpen our skills of being prepared and to help others along the way. When life's going along well, we tend to let our guard down, to get complacent. I'll be the first to admit that I do it. We're going along and everything seems fine, and bam, out of nowhere we get dealt whammy that you weren't ready for and not sure how to deal with it. When that happens, our instinct is to hunker down, lay low, and wait it out. That's what the bridesmaids did. They were filled with anticipation of the groom coming and the party to start. But as the monotonous waiting dragged on, they they got tired, let their guard down, and fell asleep. When the groom came, they were jolted awake and scrambling. Life is full of situations that throw us off our equilibrium. COVID, lost jobs, illnesses, name the hurdle you've experienced. I don't believe our response should be to lay low and wait it out but instead use it as a wake-up call to dig in even deeper and our work preparing for the day we will meet Jesus face-to-face. When we turn to God and ask his Holy Spirit to be with us, the exhaustion we feel can be replaced by hope, and that hope sparks new energy to keep us going. When we choose to work even harder at looking for God in the times that weigh us down, he's able to teach us new things about himself and who we are in him that we wouldn't be ready or able to learn without the trial we're in. Now, I've been seeing on social media posts about what a horrible year 2020 has been and how people are just waiting for it to be over. The subtle message seems to be that if we can make it until the calendar turns to January 1st, 2021, everything will right itself and all will be well again. It makes me a little sad to be honest. I wouldn't change even one day of this year God has gifted me with. In it, I have felt his love for me in extravagant ways. I felt the extension of his love for me when you all prayed and reached out and cared for me when I was being treated for breast cancer. When we weren't able to worship in the same room during lockdown, I realized how precious getting to spend time with my church family is to me. You see, I don't think God wants us to sit it out and wait until things turns around. He's the God of all our days, even when those days stream together for a tough season. Don't miss the chance to spend time with him in those seasons, to see what you can learn about him. In this time of uncertainty, God has reminded me that I can be certain about who he is and will continue to be. No matter what is happening, that means he's a father who loves, protects, and keeps his promises. This year has taught me that when I'm taking the time and effort to be purposeful in my relationship with God, he offers peace where there is anxiety, hope to replace despair, joy more abundant than sorrow, and faith instead of doubt. Those are harder-fought lessons to learn when we're in the middle of troubling time, but that much sweeter for the effort. So, when someone tells you how awful 2020 has been, Use it as an opportunity to be a witness of God and tell them the blessings you've experienced this year so that your life during COVID and any other tribulation is proof that our God is an awesome and loving God worth knowing. In our relationship with God, he's the one that does the heavy lifting, but we have a part to play as well. We're expected to prepare for him by doing the work, and that work must be done by us alone. Nobody can do it for us. He wants us to do the work ourselves because he's a personal and intimate father who wants to spend time with us so our relationship can develop and grow stronger and deeper. In the parable, the foolish bridesmaids beg for oil for their lamps and the wise ones had to say no. It may seem harsh, but if they had given their oil, the oil they took the time and care to prepare, they wouldn't have had enough for themselves. They would have been stumbling in the dark, unable to see the obstacles preventing them to getting to their destination we have to be the ones spending time with God learning praying and working for his glory when we do the work ourselves with the help of God the rewards are immeasurable now is the perfect time the perfect season to start to develop the habits and routines that will prepare us for all that God wants us to be and to understand just how great he is And even though we can't do the preparation for someone else, in our own preparation, we can offer love and encouragement by praying for one another, studying together, and being an active participant in the Messiah family as we allow our lives to be a witness to the greatness of God. The time waiting for Jesus isn't wasted. It's a time to seek him and get to know him better so when he comes, we aren't scrambling but ready. The hard seasons in our lives aren't things to get through But instead, they are things to work through with God. It's in the work that we grow closer to him. Unlike the bridesmaids in the parable who found they were out of time, we can start now to prepare for the rest of our lives with Jesus.